0: Welcome to the Heart of Money Podcast, where we discuss the impact that money has on every area of your life, and where you can learn to make smarter money decisions. Join in our conversation as we discuss our past experiences, talk about how to manage money better, and in the end, make a commitment to being weird. I'm your host Austin Black. This is episode number two of The Heart of Money and we are still sharing stories as this week we get to dig into Bob's story and find out how he um, learned about money, the the mistakes that he made, how one marriage actually ended because of financial struggles and challenges and how his second marriage is now succeeding because they're on the same money mindset. We're going to break this episode up into two parts because Bob has a lot to share. I got a lot of questions for him. We're going to turn the tables up a little bit. So this first episode, we're going to just hear his story, hear where he came from, what he's learned, and now what he gets to experience and teach today. And while you're listening, folks, be sure and check out the free training I have. If you want to learn the three secrets to achieving financial freedom for your family, then join me on a free webinar. Sign up at freedommoneycoach.com slash training to access that free training. That's freedom dot com slash training folks i cannot wait to bring you bob's stories let's jump right in to my conversation on episode number two well ma'am, anyway. we, we made it to week two uh we, I'm, I'm surprised you came back and joined me but i'm glad that you did and <laughs> here we are on uh episode number two I, I i'm gonna it's gonna be a little bit of switching courts now though because you know last week i i shared my story and you kind of of ask some questions there. I had to share some stuff that I hadn't shared with anyone else. So that was kind of fun. And after, after the fact, I'm like, Oh goodness, he got, we got personal there, which is good. So now this week it's your turn.
1: (laughs) Oh, fantastic. The tables are out for anything. We have to watch our language. Not say snuffleupagus and stuff like that. Uh, Just, but Hey, the great thing is, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. When when my three year old does not do what he's supposed to do, his name changes to Brandon, and my wife says, <laughs> "Let's go, Brandon." We've just lost fifty mm, plus or minus percent of our audience, possibly. But anyway, anyway we're still here. Where, where, That's where probably we're probably we, we got one hundred percent of our audience now, right so. now.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, thanks for listening, mom. <laughs> Yep,
1: <laughs> voices in my head. Yep, we're we're getting more of us at all times. It's just which one's going to talk. Is well, question. let's all let's right. jump into the so,
0: craziness uh, since we, since uh, you know <laughs> normally we have a hard time signing sophisticated. We'll try to make the rest of this episode halfway uh, intelligent. <laughs> Bob, I am really glad well, to shit. hear your story this week. I am glad to, um, I'm glad that you're going to have a chance to share kind of what you've experienced because. Like we talked about before, you and I, are we've had a lot of different backgrounds and experiences. and We've kind of come to the same place, but we have very different ways of getting there. Um, I'm just going to jump right in and let you share your story here uh, so viewers can kind of understand what you've seen, experienced, and the difficulties that you have overcome and kind of where that's positioned you in your life today.
1: Well, my story is going to be different from yours and I'm going to, I might go a little bit longer from the standpoint of, I've got another 10 years and was that 25% more life to cover. And it wasn't for those last 10 years that I really had that experience. Um, You, you figured it out a whole lot quicker and I wish I could have that 10 years back because I'd be far better off if I did. Uh, For me growing up. I was never in a position of want. Uh, we always had money to do what we needed to do. We didn't always get to do what we wanted to do, um, but there was always money available. And my parents came from two very different backgrounds. My dad came from the farm. Um, I do remember going back to the family farm on occasion and using the faucet, we had a drip of a water stream. Whereas if we're at my grandparents in... Central Missouri, my grandfather on my mom's side was an attorney. Um, you never even thought about how much water came out of the spigot. So, very different lifestyles from the beginning. Um, my dad worked very hard, uh, was initially a veterinarian when I was born, and worked 25 hour days, eight days a week. Um, for some veterinarians, they have business cards that say 23 and a half hours six and a half days a week. So when you call, you know, that could be that half day or that half hour, whatever it might be. But dad wanted a different life. And um, before I was born, um, my mom worked for IBM and full-time sales of, I think computers, personal computers, or maybe business computers. The personal wasn't even out yet. Um, But then when I was born, she did odd jobs at that point. Uh, did some part-time stuff here and there and was primarily responsible for taking care of uh, my brother and myself. And then we moved to Columbia when I was eight. And again, dad worked in a job where um, he was around more, uh, was making more money, had more time and um, was just more available than he was as a veterinarian. But we basically had one income stream. Um, a lot of the time growing up, like I said, didn't have want for anything, but we also had limits on what we could buy. Um, so we typically would go out to eat and it was Shoney's, which, you know, now I miss Shoney's, but back in the day, I, the last thing I wanted to do was go to Shoney's. Um, there was a restaurant that did penny a pound night and, you know, I think we got more out of that than the restaurant did, but I was also a little <laughs> bit uh, higher priced than the other individuals that were weighed. So, um, <laughs> you're darn right. I ate my weight in penny a pound night. Um, you know, they don't do stuff like that anymore. It's probably good, but, uh, my parents were frugal. They bought what we needed. Uh, we always had back to school clothes, always had school supplies. Um, <clears throat> You know, one of the big things was shoes. You know, I think we had an $80 limit on shoes. To this day, I still do not spend more than $80 on a <laughs> pair of shoes. And, you know, because inflation, the $80 shoes are probably now closer to 200 but I still don't pay more than $80 for shoes. Um, and that's just stuck with me. So, um, like I said, our, our backgrounds are different. Just that being one aspect of it. Another, my college was paid for. Um, that was a blessing for me. It was also a curse. I would tell you that it's a blessing because of the student loan crisis that we have now that, um, I would be right in the thick of it with everybody else because I wouldn't have known up from down, right from left, back to front, other than you just signed a piece of paper. And that was what got you into school. It was what everybody did. But my college was paid for based on the work of my grandparents, actually, on both sides of the family. Um, The reason I say it was a curse was basically it was expected of me to go to school, but I went to school. So I fulfilled the requirement, but really didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Uh, Maybe before I die, I'll figure that out. But, you know, I'm getting somewhere at this point. But uh, while I was in school, I worked part time. And I actually worked more than I went to school. So I attended all my classes and worked. As soon as I finished my last final, I walked out of the class, threw my pencil in the trash can, and went straight to work. Um, but I really enjoyed what I did and actually came back to that company after being gone for 10 years uh, because I had missed the people I had worked around at that time. So... Um, really the blessing was having college paid for the curse being that I really wasn't focused on what I was there to do other than get good grades. Um, and it really wasn't hard for me to get good grades. Once I figured out that there was more to school than just showing up. Um, the next step in my life was I was around home and around town for about six months and then got the opportunity to do an internship. Um, that internship was a whopping thousand dollars a month in Texas, and I was expecting a thousand dollar paycheck out of that on a monthly basis, and didn't think about taxes. But that thousand dollars a month, I think, came out just about eight ten, and in the Dallas Fort Worth area, eight ten does not get you much on a monthly basis, uh, but maybe gas and some groceries. So I was lucky to have a. Uh, a house that I was staying in that I kind of did double duty that the guy that owned the house was, uh, traveling. And so I was house sitting. And so I had a discount on what it cost me to live there, which was great. But that was about, I want to say 200 to $300. So that was almost half of it. Um, and again, talking about the idea that there was always money. My dad for graduation gave me, um, I want to say $12,000 um, that he had saved up a little over time. And that really was my saving grace in that time because you know I had $400 to live on a month. Um, I was down there for about nine months, and then they wanted me to start traveling all over the country and basically live here for six months, leave there for a year and a half, whatever it was. And my thought process was anywhere I was going, I wanted to head south and stay there. And their idea was, you'll keep moving and it'll be everywhere north of the Mason-Dixon line. And chances are, it'll be cold nine months out of the year. And I said, absolutely not. Um, So I ended up getting a job in banking. Uh, Actually, there was a short time holdover in the rental car industry. I learned quite a bit about myself and the industry at the same time with that job. uh, But looked more at getting into banking. And uh, by this time, I had a girlfriend And again, kind of going back to the college idea, I went to college because I was supposed to go to college. It was the next step. And then I was out on my own and I got a job. And then the next thing is to pursue marriage because those are the steps, right? That's what you're supposed to do in, you know, typical middle America, you know, what is it? Middle income, middle not high society and not other side of the tracks, but there is, you know, for that one section of the United States and the majority of the people that fall into it, there is a prescribed path. And that's what we all are supposed to follow. And so that's what I was doing. And I thought I was doing it the right way. Um, but I wasn't. And come to find out that, um, after a few years we weren't necessarily living, um, hand to mouth or paycheck to paycheck, but whatever came in went out. And I realized I could not live that way. And it didn't matter what I did. Nothing changed um, because it has to be a partnership. And really it was not, even though both of us were working, there were different expectations and I got the chance to move back home. And in that came home, looked for a job, had a uh, severance and, um, uh, spent time trying to find what I wanted to do with really in my heart was wanting to go back to the company that I'd worked for before, because again, I really enjoyed the people that I worked with. Um, but at the time, supposedly that really wasn't the track I should be following. Uh, but somehow 10 years later, I come back to it and start again where I was. So, um, I want to say after, being back maybe 18 months, um, got to a point where I wasn't making as much as I had in Texas. And my wife at the time was spending like we were in Texas and, um, we had a joint account. And so I got all the bills and anything that she spent and it would come down to, on a weekly basis, I would get a handful of receipts every Friday for grocery shopping, whatever shopping that she did. And it was an exorbitant amount of money. And here I'm trying to make ends meet based on what we have coming in. And what was going out was a lot more than what was coming in. And so we had an opportunity to go through financial peace at that time. And I did it more so of a, hey, here's what you need to learn. Um, I'm going because I really want you to get on board, but I never verbalized any of this. It was just to say, these are the steps we need to take. I hope you take the hint. Um, and at the same time as I went through it, there were things that I was like, yep, I know that. I know that. I know that. Check the box, whatever. And then there was other stuff I adamantly disagreed with again, because I'd been in banking and that's not how that stuff works. There's no way. Um, (laughs) 10 years now removed They'd from, from he's about. that financial peace course. Um, I, I think I might have learned something and I would have learned better had I listened rather than crossing my arms, but at least I remember it and I've changed my ways a little bit since then. Um, and still tweak. And I will tell you that with always having money available to me for whatever need, it wasn't so much not having it, but learning how to allocate and budget the money that you had and make sure that you didn't overspend. And so if you ask me when I started a budget, I couldn't tell you, I could tell you, I got a checking account when I was 16. And when I turned 16, the first thing I purchased was a house of pain CD, you know, and then I DJed for seven or eight years and seven or eight years of DJing making $25 an hour. That's a lot of money. I was working Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. Sometimes I would work two parties in a day, um, traveling all over the state and sometimes in the other states surrounding. I had an aunt and uncle that were fairly well off, and my aunt always said that I needed to put my money uh, invested. Well, today, 20 years later, we have vehicles for kids to put money in and sock away for investing, but I didn't have those options those vehicles available to me at that time and really where my focus was at the time was I really enjoyed cars so I sunk my money into cars and um in moving to Texas after college that car was stolen go figure um that was a fun experience in and of itself um but it's one of the things I learned moving away from home so uh just the idea of budgeting. I knew how much needed to go where and I was really good. I'm still really good at certain um, buckets that I know exactly how much it's going to cost me on a monthly basis. The thing that still gets me is, and here's a hint. I think we talked about this last time. Don't create a clothing budget because you'll end up with a lot of clothes that you don't need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I learned that Um, still have some of those clothes, probably have a lot of those clothes. Um, but I have an unaccounted bucket and it gets me every month just from the standpoint of, I didn't account for it ahead of time, but these are expenses that come along for whatever it is. Now, my saving grace is I have, um, sinking funds. So I have probably about a half dozen plus buckets for savings accounts aside from my kids or aside from. Annual expenses that I save up for for the year, that go for other expenses that I, as I need, and really I could do a different set of budgeting to where instead of that unaccounted, I could make that accounted for, but I wouldn't set back as much in the savings bucket. So, it, you know, I'm not going to tell you I'm perfect at budgeting. It is a hard thing that we all have to learn how to do to an extent, and it takes a lot of refinement. Um, if everything that we ever spent was automatic every month, it would make it really easy, but that's, that's not life. Um, so I go back to my first marriage and where I'm trying to make the budget work on a monthly basis and it didn't work. It didn't stick. We didn't change anything. And I'm not going to say that I was perfect in it. And I didn't, I wasn't part of the problem because I spent money too. Um, But I just got to the point that I couldn't handle somebody else spending with no concept of where the money actually came from and how we were going to pay everything off. Um, And I think I mentioned this to you last time was at one point I was asked, even before we got married, why is it that they're charging me money if I made a payment? It, It didn't dawn on her that if you didn't pay your card, credit card off in full, you were charged interest on the outstanding balance. And to me, that should have been a flag at that point that we weren't Mm -hmm. compatible, but I didn't think anything of it again, being mid twenties. And I'm on the path that this is what you do with your life. And Oh, it's just one other thing that no big deal. I tell her once that, you know, you need to pay the whole thing off. It didn't, it didn't stick there. So, um, I, I think, among other things, came to the point that that marriage was not going to last. And that was hard on me because I made a commitment and, uh, I've had to work through a lot of stuff because again, that was the path and that was what you're supposed to do. Um, for, for my family, for generations, just the expectation. And so life has changed since that point. And, um, The divorce process was ugly in and of itself for two people that didn't have a whole lot, which is amazing other than um, just the, uh, dare I say, vindictiveness that goes along with separation of two people. So um, fast forward a couple of years and I met a girl who actually was a school classmate of mine that... I knew who she was, but didn't know much about her. And she had gone through a similar situation, but she was all Dave Ramsey, um, all about the baby steps, all about saving money, all about the podcast, everything. So, you know, when I went to enrichment a couple of weeks ago, I'm sitting in there in the (laughs) sessions and somebody asked me something. I said, well, really my wife's the, uh, the Dave on this. And, uh, <laughs> she knows all the personality. She knows all the things that they talk about. She listens on a regular basis. I just come at it from the perspective of, I know about money. I know what I should do with it and what I shouldn't do with it at this point. Um, but we have now been married for five years and I am, we are both in a much better place because of that appreciation one for what each other has mm-hmm. gone through with former spouses that didn't have a handle on money um, and weren't going to get a handle on money because it was just something to use and never dawned on them that uh, they weren't in control of it. It was in control of them. And uh, so we've been able to do some great things because our perspective is different than uh, those of our former spouses. But, and it's also been a growing opportunity for us because of things we've learned about each other and ourselves um, in relation to uh, financial aspects. And I'm going to touch again on just the idea of always having money. And I'm not saying that, you know, I was the richie rich. I didn't have a silver spoon, but we had enough. Um, we actually had more than enough. And my parents, I look back on stuff my parents did. And I'm like, I don't even know how they did it, um, but they were frugal. And I mm-hmm. look at the benefits that I've had over the years of doing stupid things, but having money available to make those mistakes and now turn around and say, you know what, the past generation of my parents, the previous generation of my grandparents, they did things smart to provide for my mistakes. That by no means exonerates me from doing stupid stuff, but i I'm not going to say that my parents or my grandparents had it figured out at 15, 25, or 35. Um, But as they got later on in life, they did very good things with their finances that, you know, somebody had to teach them somewhere down the line. And now I'm in a position that I've learned those things and what not to do and what to do and now have my kids in a position that, one, I can hopefully help them. Uh, Not to make the same mistakes, but also provide for them for a much longer time period into their life, Um, but know where I slipped and fell with what was given to me and kind of put some parameters on that so I don't have history repeat if I give them the same opportunities uh, on down the road.
0: It's so incredible what all you've gone through and... Something that I hadn't even thought about this before, and I guess it's because I didn't really, I didn't know Kate's full background there. I mean, obviously, I knew her. Never, I worked there with you guys, and and knew that she was kind of in the same mindset about it. And I didn't know to that full extent. And the ideas popped in my mind that you know, uh, Ramsey has this study that they did several years back um, that reports that uh, money fights and money problems is the number was I think the number two cause of divorce in America, I believe. And and I think you're kind of a testament to that on both ends of the spectrum, that one, the money problems led to divorce and two, being in unity creates a stronger marriage where divorce isn't even, it's, it's not even gonna get, you know, we're not going there. We have a good marriage, we have a strong marriage, we have said that's going to work out for us. Yeah. So I, I really like that contrast in that you shared there of how, the the extremes of it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you maybe to reference um, the situation that you told me about before, because I think this kind of hits home maybe the real. Let me back up just a little bit. I think that we put too light of a emphasis on divorce in America today. You and I both, you know, are, are, are Christians and. And we don't uh, we, we don't believe that divorce is a good idea, right? You know, you didn't want to get divorced, but you felt that that was really the only option to save what you still had. Um, you told me about an instance where you kind of hit this point that you like, this is not going to work. Do you mind sharing that moment mm-hmm. uh, that you told me about we uh, where kind of you hit that breaking point? Yeah. Um,
1: first, I, I think that it's more than just as a Christian, you don't believe in divorce and another perspective on that in that marriage. One of the things that was outlined very early was we're not going to talk about divorce. Well, in not talking about divorce, it's just, you're trying to take it off the plate as, well, you're not going to get divorced, but you're not going to really talk about how you all feel and what's going on. And it, it masked a lot of stuff by just saying, well, we'll not talk about it. So, um, Yes, as a Christian, I don't believe in it. Yes, it was very hard for me from the standpoint of I made a commitment and this is supposed to be for the rest of my life. And by not sticking to it, I'm failing. Um, but it takes two people to fail in that. It's not one sided. And one person can do 99.9% of the work. And if the other person doesn't do that other 0.01%, it's not going to work. Um, and the closer you are to 50%, great. Um, you know, there are things I do now that, um, at one time was considered women's work, but at the same time, I'm very, um, very particular and very, I, I had an internship that was modeled after West Point. And so everything had to be spick and span. So I do a lot of the cleaning and I also learned how to take care of myself. And I learned one time at a promise keepers that a man that can't unload a dishwasher is not head of the household. So, uh, you know, that, for some reason that always stuck with me that, you know, you're there to serve and nothing is below you, even if it's the other genders, traditional role, Uh, because at some point in your life, male or female, you're going to be in a position that if you live by yourself, you're doing it all, you know, unless you have a maid or a butler or whatever else, which is not a lot of the, uh, common society. You're doing all that stuff regardless of what the traditional gender role was at one time. Um, But in saying that, again, from a Christian perspective, uh, not for divorce, in going through divorce, I realized why God hates divorce. God doesn't hate divorce just because there's the status quo of he wants Christians to be above and beyond everybody else. And look, we don't struggle. Oh, we struggle. We have problems. Everybody's got problems. We just have another source of joy and hope and inspiration beyond going through the day-to-day. But God hates divorce because of what it does to two people. I mentioned how vindictive and stress and just the other aspects that go with it. It's not pretty. And, you know, I was in a good situation where no kids were involved. And that was, that was almost the breaking point. That was going to be the next step. But, uh, you know, just realizing what divorce does to a person, you don't wish that on anybody. And I wish that going in, I took marriage counseling more seriously and I wish I had marriage counselors who were, uh, more serious about it and actually looked at us and said, you guys should not be doing this. Um, But again, that was just one of the steps that you met with somebody on a weekly or biweekly basis and you talk about something, then you move on. Uh, I think that for me was severely lacking because it really didn't go beyond the surface. And I think that's part of coaching is that when you have conversations with people who are truly wanting to get out of debt, you don't just walk next to them and you talk about money and pat them on the shoulder and say, oh, things are going to get better. Well, you have to dig into what the problem is and not two plus two equals four or two minus two equals zero or even, you know, 10 minus 30 equals negative 20, you know, to where their finances are going. You actually have to figure out why, you know, that difference exists. So it's hard because you have to let somebody into your life beyond just a news, weather and sports. Yeah, I'm doing fine type of deal you got to be serious about wanting to get out of debt and you want to be serious about getting to a better place financially. Um, for me, I was talking about the weekly deluge of receipts to log on how much money I had and how much money went. And the root of that really was, she was not happy. Um, and so her medication for not being happy was just to go spend money. Um, You know, something that if she'd gone to Walmart, Target, wherever, that really should have been a trip for $60 or maybe a hundred bucks was three times that amount. Um, And I just got to the point that I said, I can't do this. And I remember taking care of my dogs, um, being on the back porch and looking up at the moon and saying, this is going to kill me. I said, if I don't do something different, I am just waiting around to die and decided that I couldn't do that I I couldn't continue to live as I was and that wasn't going to be the rest of my life um there were some other aspects of it and like I said you know up to that <clears> point <throat> we didn't have kids and that that would have been the deciding factor past that that I wasn't going to be bring children into a marriage that was at that point dysfunctional and not thriving in a way that uh, supported both spouses and was uh hopeful for the future so at, at that point it was the the heavy decision to to move in a dire- another direction um that led to divorce
0: i appreciate you sharing that and i really appreciate your remarks before that about how it isn't just two people and the whole dynamic that coaching relationship. And I think as we get into more of these episodes where we talk about um, more of the marriage implications and just the money management and all those different little elements, I mean, we're going to dig in deep to that. So I think that that is, is excellent preface for um, the the content and just the depth that we are going to talk about in upcoming episodes. <clears throat> Well, folks, there you heard Bob's um, story. Next week, we're going to jump right into our conversation as I ask him some questions, dig in to more of the emotion and the feeling and the decisions that he had to make during this time, his marriage and growing up, and even now with his, with his uh, second marriage and the success he's had with that because of their financial mindset. So join me again next week for that. Uh, check out that free training at freedommoneycoach.com slash training. Folks, thank you for being a part of our audience. Please leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show, what you want to hear about it. We appreciate your feedback and your comments. And look forward to coming to you next week with another episode of The Heart of Money.